Good mid-morning, Roxy Soxy. Oh, and good end of the week here in Los Angeles. It's so Saturday. Ready. Would you like me to tell you how yeah. it is in Saturday? Yes, tell me. I, all I have to say is mama is ready for her tequila. Well earned this week. Oh, I still not drinking. I know it's weird. I'm like, what do I do with my time? I actually, um, I'm not seeing the kids this weekend. As you can tell, it's very quiet. Yes. <laughs> um, I decided not to go this weekend just cause I'm just exhausted. And I slept almost 11 hours last night. Then when I woke up, wow. I Googled, uh, if you oversleep, is there something wrong with you? <laughs> And it came up with like, maybe you have thyroid issues. Maybe you have low iron. And I'm like, oh, I just didn't go to like the, the most obvious, which is like, I'm just fucking tired. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, no, it's actually just life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being a mom and a working mom. That's why I'm sleeping so much. It's but how's just, your week been? I mean, it's just been a tricky, it's been kind of an emotional roller coaster this week. We've been dealing mm-hmm. with some stuff like with our daughter, with some, you know, kids that are being is it getting worse. It's just, you know, it's just kind of like, it is like staying like where it is, but we mm-hmm. want it to obviously go away, you know, get better. So, right, right, right. You know, we're just trying to deal with that. So there's been that kind of emotional roller coaster, And then, mm-hmm. you know, of course work stuff. And, you know, then my poor little husband is like, put to the side, you know, it's like, okay, David, I've got some other stuff going on right now. I'll talk to you. Yeah, like I cannot tomorrow. be in your space. And then he's <laughs> yes. going to be all needy. My husband's the opposite. Like when I'm busy, he's so happy because I don't, <laughs> I'm not like, Hey, Sean, do you love me? Do you need me? Do you want me? He's just like, Oh, she's busy. Thank God. <laughs> He's like, yes, I've scored this week. No. Yeah. No, but you know what? Nice. Like absence yeah. makes the heart grow fonder though. You know, I it's nice. So. It's, yesterday was the first day in like a long time where he texted me. I really miss you. And I was like, oh, and I responded with you do question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he goes, yeah, I actually miss you. I'm like, oh. Nice. Oh, that's nice. See, it feels good when you get those yeah. little messages, right? Like. It's nice. But you know, the last year you and I were doing Mm. so much manifestation work and we were working so much on like our future. And I I just feel like gotten so busy within the last couple months. And I, I find like for me, good things are happening, but I feel like my manifestation game's a little down. Like, what about you? Oh, I'm definitely off right now. Like, I feel like I went into the new year, like super charged up about it. Like I was like, I'm doing gratitude and manifestations every day and kind of Mm -hmm. was on that path. And then a friend passed away in January and just like the January drolls, you know, where it just Mm -hmm. was like, uh, people are like, I'm doing dry January. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And everyone's trying to do all these things like at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I just got really bummed out and I fell off my manifestation manifestation game. Sadly, Mm -hmm. definitely want to get back on it. I've been trying, it's been a little spotty, but hopefully our guest today can help us with this. Yes. So, um, I have an interesting story. I'm going to introduce her and then kind of, uh, hear her side of it, but I was kind of a little down off my manifestation game and kind of manifesting manifestation, if that makes sense. And I was like sitting in the bathtub or my bed somewhere. I I should never be with my phone in the bathtub. Like at some point I'm going to manifest that 
fucking thing falling in the water. <laughs> I've said it so many times. I'm like, don't, don't make it fall in the water. Don't do it. Um, and I was like on my TikTok and I hadn't been on TikTok for a while. And I just kept flicking, flicking, flicking. And then this incredible girl called Sam from Simplifying Sam who's on TikTok. She's got almost half a million followers. She's a life manifestation and mindset coach, um, teaching people to be like the highest life, to, to teaching people how to get the highest life for themselves. And I just, there was a video that went viral. There's a, a lot of her videos have gone viral, but one of them in particular was like, why you're manifesting wrong. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, oh my goodness, maybe I was manifesting the right way last year. And maybe something's been happening lately where I'm just kind of, I have a block. Mm. And so I reached out to her on TikTok and I was like, can you put on a podcast? Cause I know so many people need help with this. And she was like, yes, I manifested you. So here she is, Sam from Simplifying Sam. Hello, hello all. Thank you so much for having me on. So excited to dive in. Um, I love that story about how you were getting concerned about the right way to manifest. And oh my gosh, I get so many people who are asking me what is the right way Mm -hmm. to manifest. And Mm -hmm. um, I think the first thing I just want to say right off the bat is there is no right way to manifest. There's just manifesting what you want and then what you don't want. Right. Mm. And so the right way then is probably going to be more characterized by getting the good things, right? The things that we do want, mm-hmm. um, but we're actually manifesting all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. how can we start manifesting more of what we want versus what we don't want? And uh, there is no right way. Um, and sometimes when we get really fixated on the right way, then we actually knock ourselves out of alignment with what we want because we start feeling shame or guilt mm-hmm. that we could be doing it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to know, um, what do you think is the right way? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I think I, I thought, which I think is incorrect actually, is that I should be manifesting the things in the future that I want, you know, like, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, more success with work, you know, um, more money coming in more, you know, just all kinds of different things. Like, so I I think in a way I was operating, more out of lack than I was out of abundance. Mm. So that's kind of where I think I miss, I I kind of miss the boat a little bit. Can you kind of like explain that? Because I think a lot of people get so concerned and so like wanting to manifest the things that aren't there yet that they forget what is there. Yeah. So what, what I love so much about this, this work is that anyone who comes to me wanting to manifest, I know that there's work to do because what they're saying to me is I want this so that I can feel a certain way. And I am telling you, I want it because I don't have it. We're focused on the absence of it. And so what's interesting is that when we're focused on the absence of something, we are not in energetic alignment with it. So when I'm saying that I want money or I want a partner, then what I'm saying is that I don't have money and I don't have a partner. Mm. And so we can't be a match for what is money and what is a partner. So when we think about money and we think about a partner, Mm. um, we will generally have some feelings that we associate with that. So I'll ask my clients, you know, why do you want a big pile of money? Why do you want to have a partner? And it all comes down to, I want to feel loved. I want to feel secure. I want to feel safe. And I want to feel happy. And then I'll be asking them, okay, well, what happens when you open up your bank account? What happens when you, when you uh, log in and see how much is in your savings account? What happens when you think about dating apps or when you swipe? And they're like, well, when I open up the bank account, I feel terrible. There's not Mm -hmm. enough money in there. Money's always going out. I said, okay. So every time you think about money, you're actually radiating the energy of anxiety. Mm-hmm. that's in complete mm-hmm. opposition to the energy that is of abundance and wealth. It's not how wealthy people feel. 
right? So how can we start getting an energetic alignment with it before it happens, right? Because what happens is if you manifest it before you're in energetic alignment, well, now you have a really toxic and conditional relationship with it, right? Mm -hmm. You feel good when money's coming in. You feel good when the relationship is going well. You feel bad when the relationship is going sideways. You feel terrible when the money goes out. And there's a ton of people who have money, right? And they still feel insecure. Mm -hmm. I know millionaires, people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars who they are still concerned about how to pay the mortgage. They are still concerned about splitting the Uber fare, right? And this has nothing to do with how much money they actually have. It's mm -hmm. the energy with which they are attracting it. So if we attract something before we are in energetic alignment with it, we will inevitably have a toxic relationship. And so that's why it's so important to clean up the energy, right? What is the feeling that we are wanting to obtain from this manifestation? I think that a lot of people don't realize that what they're really wanting out of anything in life, whether it be the partner, the money, we all want very similar things. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I've noticed through coaching is that it's love, it's security, um, but these are feelings, right? These have nothing to do with the work success, with the partnership, right? Those are all experiences that we love to have and experience, but they don't have to be independent of the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. The feeling is what we want and we can have it without the partnership. We can feel happy single and we can feel happy without money, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so how can we start feeling those prior to those manifesting in our physical reality and have mm -hmm. faith that that's gonna come in, right? because there's actually three phases to a manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is where people get tripped up because when we talk about law of attraction, everyone's thinking about the physical thing. They're like, oh, the car, the money, right? The partnership. Mm -hmm. And so before there is a physical manifestation in your 3D reality, there's mm -hmm. two previous levels, right? So your first manifestation is always gonna be a thought, an idea right? Before the computer in front of you ended up being there, before the phone that you use in your hand is there, it was an idea, it was a thought. And this is the fastest manifestation because you could think of it within a second. Mm -hmm. Immediately, if you think of what you want to do in the future, it's an idea and it comes into your brain almost immediately. Mm -hmm. That's a manifestation, mm -hmm. right? And then these manifestations of thought are going to then engender an emotion. We're going to build momentum towards that, whether it be positive emotion or negative emotion. Now, most of us think really negative thoughts all day, every day. Mm -hmm. We wake up, what's the first thing we think about? Something bad that happened yesterday, mm -hmm. something that we're anxious about happening in the future. Mm -hmm. We're immediately pulled out of the present and now we're starting to create momentum in the wrong direction. Now we feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Now we feel nervous. Now we feel frustrated, right? And then we can become magnet for more of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about trying to be more focused on what we're trying to manifest, but how does it feel when we manifest that thing? And how can we start embodying that feeling now? Now this works mm -hmm. twofold. Well, it's a double bonus because we feel happy in the present, which is the only place we ever are, right? How can we start feeling good now before this thing manifests? But also once I start to get an energetic alignment with it, I'm thinking the right thoughts, I'm feeling the right feelings. It's only natural then that law of attraction is going to bring that into my physical reality. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that, right? I'm focusing on the what and the why, mm -hmm. the how. I don't know who's going to reach out to me for my podcast episode, right? Mm -hmm. But I know it's going to happen. I'm going to align with the thoughts and the feelings. And then the 3D manifestation is just a matter of time. 
And are you aligning your thoughts and your feelings about the specific subject or just in general? Like, are you thinking, oh, it's going to be so nice when I buy that beautiful house for my family. Oh, it's going to feel so good. And you think about the feelings and you uh, like are attracting that to you, or are you just thinking positive feelings about your life? So it can be either or. So it, it really depends on how much resistance you currently have about the thing that you're wanting to manifest. So mm-hmm. a lot of people come to me wanting to manifest relationships or money. And uh, when we start trying to create new thoughts around this topic, there's a lot of resistance still. So anything we think about money is going to bring up resistance. So I'll tell them for now, let's not think about money. Let's focus on something in your life that you've already got a really great handle of, something Mm -hmm. you already feel confident in your abilities to do. What's really interesting is that most people who want to manifest something in an area of their life, they have many other areas of their life where everything is going great right? Mm -hmm. But they're just focused on the one area where there's lack. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I actually will tell them, well, you know what, let's focus on your relationships for now. How do you feel about your relationships? And sometimes I'll get, oh, I'm in a great relationship. I I love my partner. Um, I have really close family relationships. I'm like, great, let's start there, right? Let's actually start creating energy and momentum in the right direction so that once we're actually in energetic alignment with positivity, happiness, confidence, security, now we can start thinking about money without feeling Mm -hmm. that scarcity, that lack, because Mm -hmm. we're abundant in other areas of our life. And so we start building the momentum in the area that they want to manifest once we're already creating that feeling of security. And we might use another area of their life to build that momentum. Because sometimes it's like a hot potato, right? Right, right, It's it's too hot. You got to drop it. You know, the more I think about money, the more and more anxious I get. So, okay, fine. We're going to drop money for a second. Let's focus Mm -hmm. on something that's going right. Let's focus on the relationships. Let's focus on the career. And then we can come back and pick up that potato once it's got a bit, uh, once it's cooled off a bit. I love that. (laughs) Potato. (laughs) So the age old question is, how do we stop these negative thoughts? Because like you're saying, Mm. everybody has them. We all have them. They get us stuck. Yeah, they get us stuck in these places where you feel like, you know, you're, you can't like advance or, you know, the manifestation isn't happening. So how do we get unstuck? Like, what do we do? Yeah, it's a really great question. So when it comes to stopping negative thought, I think there's this idea that we need to get to a place where we never think a negative thought ever again. Mm -hmm. And there's also this belief that we need to only think positive in order to manifest. And so Mm -hmm. imagine if I believe that I need to think positive all the time to manifest, I'm going to freak out every single time I have a negative Mm -hmm. thought. I'm going to make that mean something and I'm going to think another negative thought. And there I go again, building the momentum towards Mm -hmm. what I don't want. So when it comes to changing a negative thought, of course, the number one thing is bringing awareness to it, right? Mm -hmm. What am I actually thinking? So with a lot of my clients, we hear things like, I feel like, you know, my boss hates me. I feel like my job isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll make them realize that that's not a feeling. That's a thought, right? Mm -hmm. You can't feel like your job isn't good for you. You can Mm -hmm. feel insecure or you can feel angry or frustrated with your job, but you're thinking that your job isn't right for you. And so once we start to actually parse out the thoughts that they're thinking, then we're going to start questioning them, right? Is this Mm -hmm. true? Mm -hmm. How do I know my job isn't right for me, right? Um, Mm -hmm. What if my job was right for me? We're just Mm going to start questioning these thoughts and really getting to the bottom of where they're coming from Mm -hmm. and identifying the feelings that are resulting from them. And a lot of times, once we just simply bring awareness to the fact that, oh, I'm actually reacting to my own thoughts, 
I'm not actually reacting to the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm reacting to my thoughts about the situation and the Mm -hmm. thoughts about the situation are able to be changed. So the first step once like, once again, is the awareness. Um, And then the second step is questioning, Mm -hmm. right? How long have I been thinking this thought? Do I want to keep this thought? Mm -hmm. How do I know this thought is true? And so once we start to question, you know, who would I be without this thought, mm-hmm. we activate a new thought, right? Mm-hmm. The brain will try to answer this question somehow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times an exercise I give clients is if you have a negative thought, um, like I hate my body, mm-hmm. it's not going to be very effective for me to tell you that you need to start affirming that you love your body. Mm-hmm. This is actually going to produce more resistance. Um, you don't mm-hmm. believe that thought yet. So I'll ask them to question it. So we'll invert the statement and then add what if at the front. So what if I didn't hate my body? Mm. And this is really interesting because suddenly the emotion is going to shift because now your brain and your body are going to try to almost answer that question. It will literally try to imagine what it would Mm. feel like. And this is really important because that means you don't have to wait to love your body to feel like you love your body. Mm-hmm. right but all of us are becoming very conditional on oh I'm gonna feel really good when I lose the weight I'm gonna feel really good when I see that goal weight but remember what I said at the beginning which is that if you attain this manifestation before you feel energetically aligned with it well now you have a toxic relationship with the scale every time mm-hmm. the pounds go up you're freaking out and now you want to restrict again mm-hmm. so what we really want is to feel free is to feel happy not actually to get that weight at the number that we want it or to get the bank account numbers where we want it. And so stopping negative thought, questioning, right? Inverting them, mm-hmm. seeing what it would be like without this thought. You know, what would it be like if I didn't hate my body? Mm-hmm. What would someone else act like if they didn't help hate their body? Sometimes that really helps because they can't even imagine for themselves yet. Okay, well, what do other people do that don't hate their body, mm-hmm. right? And then just starting to move the momentum and toward a po- into a positive direction where eventually the thought that they were thinking no longer is in alignment with them anymore. You know, I always use the example of someone who is insecure, right? If I'm really insecure and then someone <laughs> tells me, oh my gosh, like you look so amazing today. And um, I just love that dress on you. What do we do? We deflect. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, this old thing. Um, you're just saying that, right? So those comments are not yet in alignment with my energy. I can't even receive that. Similar with the manifestation, I have to be in alignment with it to receive it. So then if I'm confident and I know I look good, I feel really self-assured. And then someone tells me, Sam, you look great today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, thank you. I can actually receive that comment. Mm -hmm. And so the same Mm -hmm. thing goes for our physical manifestations, right? There's a lot of people looking to manifest love and they've already found the right person. They can't even let the love in. They'll self-sabotage the relationship. Mm -hmm. right so we need to be focused less on the physical thing manifesting and focusing on how do we think and feel about the situation the 3d object that will come into our awareness faster than you can imagine once you start to imagine once you start to embody how it thinks and feels Mm. how it feels to actually have that in your life before it manifests because the manifestation begins in the mind and in the Mm. body before it shows up in our physical reality it's so interesting you talk about relationships because you know, when I'm not feeling good about myself, the relationship sort of goes in a very negative place because I'm putting all mm-hmm. my stuff, deflecting all my inner turmoil and all my inner hate for myself onto someone else. And that's the issue. Like, and I'm sure he does the same for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's the thing about relationships is like, 
when you truly do love yourself and feel centered within who you are and you're kind to yourself, you don't let all these things that other people in relationships affect you. Cause like if, mm-hmm. if my husband's like, my husband today is really stressed, right? So he's really short. And I'm like, I texted him. I'm like, you know, it really hurts my feelings. But if I was so centered within myself, I'd be like, oh, he's just struggling. Cause he has the kids. He's exhausted. It doesn't matter about me because he loves me. I love myself, you know, but it's exactly. very hard. It's very hard to feel that way. And I'm sure you have a lot of clients who say this It's very hard to do this, but I'm, I'm yeah. guessing what you're saying is it's about repetition. It's firstly about awareness, mm-hmm. seeing the thought that's the first step and then mm-hmm. flipping the thought or kind of um, confronting it or, or questioning it and then continuing to do that. Right. Because yeah. continuation and repetition will start to become your own reality. Mm. Absolutely. And I love the example you just used about the relationship because um, what's happening there is that you're outsourcing your feelings of love and security to the behaviors and actions of this person. Mm-hmm. So then if this person doesn't act according to what I call your manual, right? Your directions for how someone should act in a relationship. Mm-hmm. If they wade from that, then you are going to feel insecure and then you're going to flash out and take it out on them because you're not already feeling confident. And so what's really interesting is that my marriage, I was married almost seven years ago, was the second catalyst for my sort of awakening because when I wanted to get him to do this, get him to stop that, so that I could feel love, so that I could feel secure. Mm. Of course, I started embarking on a journey of self-discovery and mm. all the teachings told me that I had to change. And I was like, what? Mm. He has to change. Are you kidding me? No, mm. he has to stop doing this and he has to stop doing that so that we can be in a good relationship so that we can be solid. And then when all of the teachings and the teachers told me, no, you have to start with yourself. Um, and I did right? I really started working on myself and filling up my own tank and then watching that completely change their relationship. And that was my first lesson in learning. Okay. When I change myself, meaning my mm-hmm. thoughts, my feelings, my perceptions, the entire world shifts around me. And so that goes for how people treat you. That goes for how much money comes into your life. That mm-hmm. goes for how much love comes into your life. As soon as you change your point of attraction, your thoughts, feelings, all of a sudden, everything sort of engineers around that right? But so much of us are, so many of us are going the opposite way. We're trying to engineer everything outside of us to make us feel whole in here. And there's Mm -hmm. many examples of people who've done this very successfully, but they're not quite successful because they're not happy, right? Mm -hmm. We've heard a million stories about people who get everything that we consider to be traditionally successful. Mm -hmm. And then we're confused as a society when we found that they went to rehab or they started doing drugs Drugs. or Mm -hmm. Or they commit suicide, mm-hmm. right? These are devastating stories of people that we thought were successful. How could mm-hmm. they? They were in a relationship, they had money, you know, they had notoriety and respect, but they weren't happy in here. And so that shows me that nothing outside of you is ever going to make you feel okay in here. And so that's when I love when someone comes to me to work with manifestation because I already know that they are looking for something outside of them mm-hmm. to complete what only they can give themselves. And so there's lots of work to do. There's a lot of unconditioning to do because you have grown up in a society that has taught you, well, if you do these things and you Mm -hmm. acquire these things, you will be happy. Mm -hmm. And um, law of attraction is almost a complete reversal of that formula. You know, it asks Mm -hmm. us to be the thing that we want to have first, right? Mm -hmm. If we want to have money, what kind of person do we have to become? Mm -hmm. If we want a great partner, what kind of person do we have to be? And so it tells us to be loved, to be confident, to be secure first. 
And then that's going to manifest into your life. But we have been taught to go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of us are chasing, chasing, chasing. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. Mm -hmm. And this is how we constantly keep moving towards it. And it keeps moving away. Mm -hmm. This is why it feels like we're constantly working towards something, but we're not making any traction. And that's because the target's moving as you get closer, mm -hmm. right? A lot of us are believing that the future is going to be a better place. We actually believe it's a destination, right? Oh, in five years when I get there. And then we have mm -hmm. no awareness of the fact that as long as we're alive, there's more future. When you get to five years, there's another five yeah. years. <laughs> there's, it never stops. So this arbitrary five years has nothing to do with actual reality, which is that you're here right now. The only place I am is here with you in the present moment, which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And then the future that I attract into my present reality, because that's what we want. We want to actually experience this in our present reality. We don't go to the future. So then what future I actually attract into my present reality will have to do with which one I'm thinking about, mm -hmm. which one I'm creating feelings around. Mm -hmm. And now most of us, unfortunately, are thinking about the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. the worst that could happen, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're, and then we say we're bad at manifesting. Manifesting doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, oh dear, manifestation worked perfectly. It works perfectly for you. You're just not happy with what you've manifested. Mm. right so how does that work in terms of like goals because obviously people have goals and you know when you're when you're a child you know you're brought up to sort of you know reach for the stars and and so you are kind of living in the future you know we've mm -hmm. sort of been taught right like yeah go after what you want and the thing that you don't have and the thing you know that you you, you know you have your mindset to but how does that resonate with manifestation because it's like should you not be sort of goal oriented then and like looking towards the future or, you know, peeling it back? Like, how does that kind of, um, you know, live together? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think honestly, a lot of the distortion of these principles starts actually in childhood, a lot of it with that goal setting, I see the intention behind goal setting and I, mm -hmm. I set goals as well. But the number one way to fail at a goal is to hinge all of your self-worth and happiness on the attainment of the goal. Mm. right and that's how most of us are taught to think of goals okay I'm gonna make this much money or I'm gonna get this promotion at work and I will not allow myself to feel happiness worthiness right until mm. I get there mm. and then we are baffled when we actually get to these places in life and this happened to myself and I didn't get the happiness and self-worth that I was waiting for mm -hmm. I felt the same I, I like <laughs> to compare it to when you were young and you were waiting for a birthday and then it's your birthday now. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, how does it feel now that you're 10 years old? And you're like, kind of the same, <laughs> mm -hmm. kind of the same, right? Mm -hmm. We're really waiting to be completely absolved of all of our feelings of insecurity and doubt and self-hatred when we get this thing. And it's just not the way it works, right? We're going to feel what we have felt for, we're going to feel what we've been practicing feeling. Yeah. So the journey or sorry, the destination is mm. going to feel like the journey. So if you're not enjoying yourself on the way to the goal or on the way to the manifested reality, you won't enjoy yourself when you manifest it. Mm -hmm. So, so how can working we... on, you know, working yeah. on TV and films, like every TV and film is like is different. Every TV show and film is different. And some are like really, you know, what you love to do. It's like for you talking at like the biggest summit. And then other times it's like, you know, just talking intimately to a couple of people and I always thought that the the material for like the better shows, the ones that are on Amazon or Netflix are just going to make me feel so much of a better actor. Like I'm going to feel and flow. 
but it's like mm. a version of doing TikTok content in a way, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it all is the same. I, I think money is the different one though. And you can help me with this. I think a lot of people, especially in America, don't feel like they have enough money to even have enjoyment because everything is about just being able to pay a bill, being able to live, being able to feed yourself, being able to pay for your health insurance. It's very different in Australia, the way the country is set up. There's a lot of free mm-hmm. programs. So people aren't as stressed about that. And I can tell in their happiness level here, people aren't that unhappy here. And I just look at America and I'm like, you know, you work so hard, the minimum wage is so mm-hmm. like, you can't live on that. Mm-hmm. So money's a big one for people because it equates to them having freedom and having stability and having enjoyment, like going on a holiday, having a vacation. So what do you say to people who like are living in those like day-to-day paying bills where when they say like, yes, money will actually bring me happiness because it'll bring me freedom and it will bring me, you know, mm-hmm. it'll bring me the ability to feel safer. Yeah. So I, I definitely understand and believe that money grants us accessibility, mm-hmm. um, not happiness, right? I think that certain accessibility can lead to forms of happiness, right? Like when I'm able to access food, when I'm able to access shelter, when I'm able to access healthcare, then I will feel a sense of safety. Um, but all of that still comes from my thoughts, right? Once mm-hmm. I have a pile of money, what am I thinking? I can pay my bills this month. That makes me feel safe. I'm going to be able to access healthcare for me and my family. That makes me feel safe. So if we don't have the money right now, then we're going to have to access a different thought that's creating that feeling of safety. But right now, what these people are doing is they're outsourcing all of their feelings to only when money comes in. And remember, if they get the money, they're going to have that toxic relationship with it. When it goes out, they feel unsafe. When it comes in, they feel safe. And this is most of America living Mm -hmm. paycheck to paycheck, right? They feel good when the paycheck comes in. And then once the money's gone, they feel upset again. And -hmm. this leads to a toxic relationship with the money. Same thing with relationships, right? When the relationship's going good, we're on. And then as soon as he does this, she does that, we're on the rocks again. So how can we create a relationship with either one of these things that is stable and self-serving that doesn't outsource all of our feelings of security onto whether or not my bank account looks like X dollars versus X dollars, right? How can we create feelings of security regardless of what the account is? Because money at the end of the day, it is going to fluctuate, Mm -hmm. right? We have this idea that we're going to have a pile of money in the account. It's just going to stay there. You know, I think people have a very distorted perception of what it looks like to have a lot of money but in reality to have a lot of money you're stewarding that money that money is moving and shaking and recirculating it's going out it's mm-hmm. coming in right we don't get a pile of money and then lock it up into you know a safe I mean some people mm-hmm. do I guess but you know we don't lock a million dollars into a safe and then allow ourselves to feel safe right mm-hmm. and then as soon as I, that money goes starts to dwindle I'm going to feel unsafe again And so I think I'm going to come back to the fact that yes, money grants accessibility, um, but for as long as we are outsourcing the feelings of security onto it, we can't develop a sustainable relationship with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why someone wins the lottery or someone gets a million dollar contract for playing sports. And then as soon as their contract runs out, or as soon as a couple months passes by, a year passes by since you've won the lottery, you have less money than when you started, Mm -hmm. right? Why is that? It's an unhealthy mm-hmm. relationship for sure. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. And then if you get this huge influx of money in, like, you know, from zero to 60, like they don't know how to handle it. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. And I think there is some, some truth to also like, 
different parts of the country here in America because because I live in Los Angeles. Hammond's lived in Los Angeles before. I think there is an uh, like a notion of keeping up with the Joneses, especially mm-hmm. like in Hollywood mm-hmm. and like uh, you know here. And a lot of it is about appearances, so it speaks mm-hmm. to like a greater discussion too about like what do we yes. really value, right? It's like mm-hmm. is it really just about having like you know outdoing this person's house or this person's car or this trip or you know, whatever it is, you know, I don't know if that's more of like a city, like a coastal city thing, like a New York LA thing. And then like, not so much in the middle or, you know, if it's kind of everywhere. I think honestly, it's like a 2022 thing because, you know, keeping up with the Joneses is we're not, we're not keeping up with the Joneses anymore. We're keeping up with the Kardashians, right? right? Keeping up with the Joneses for the most part, you are actually only comparing yourself to people within the same social class, people with similar jobs and professions as you, right? Your own community. And now the average American is comparing themselves to someone with billions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? This is not realistic. This is not a, a comparison that we should be making for ourselves. And so no matter, it's crazy. The people who come to me um, about wanting to manifest money, they have money but they want more. They want more, more, more. Why do you want more? Right. They're believing that they're going to feel even better when they have that kind of money, that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not actually what money is able to do. Money is not the thing that is going to make you feel safe, confident, and secure. It can grant you accessibility, right. Mm -hmm. That will then grant you thoughts that will allow you to feel that way. But safety and security and confidence is something we engender with our own thoughts, not the money. The money is neutral, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the things that we have to start thinking about when we want to manifest say, more money, right? More abundance in our life is, do I have beliefs that are in accordance with this much money, right? Mm-hmm. If I believe I can never make that kind of money, then I can't align with any of the action that I might need to take in order to bring those opportunities into my life to mm-hmm. actually create abundance, right? If I'm believing like I'm not very smart, I'm not very capable, then I'm never going to, you know, open up my Google search bar and search how to, you know, create an online course or, you know, mm-hmm. how to use PayPal, how to use Stripe, mm-hmm. you know, these are all tools that I have to look out for um, to help me grow my business and eventually generate income. But if I don't have the beliefs or in alignment with that, I'm not going to take any action. And so mm-hmm. there is a universal law, which is the law of action. You know, a lot of people think manifestation is just, you know, praying by their bed and say, this is what I want <laughs> and wanting it to come into their reality. But there's, there's a, there's a missing link there, which is that once you actually start to feel the feelings that are associated with your manifestation, you're going to naturally feel some urges, right? When you get really inspired Tam, and I'm sure by um, acting, um, suddenly you're like, oh, I'm going to reach out to this person, or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this script, or I'm going to practice this. And then all of a sudden, all of those actions are kind of bringing you closer and closer to what you want. And the closer steps you take towards something, I swear it moves towards you. But most of us are moving towards the undesired reality. And so someone who doesn't have money, um, unfortunately, all their focus is on how they don't have any money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're constantly saying to the universe, I don't have any money, I don't have any money. And then we keep attracting more opportunities to feel like we don't have money. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that is um, quite confusing to a lot of people, and I get a lot of comments on one of my videos about how you don't have to have money to feel rich. And people mm-hmm. are very confused by that. They're like, how can I feel rich if I don't have any money? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what, would, what do you think a rich person feels like? Mm-hmm. Right? And they're like, oh, I don't know, like maybe confident and secure. And I'm like, you can actually feel those things right 
now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait to have money. So how can we practice feeling confident and secure regardless of how much money we have? But once we feel confident and secure, then we're not going to be acting out of this insane nervous system flight response. Mm-hmm. And we're going to actually think clearly with clarity. Okay, how can I create more opportunities and avenues for income? Mm-hmm. We're going to take much more effective action. And then mm-hmm. that thing will manifest. But when we're focused on, when we're focused too much on the lack of something, mm-hmm. we won't be able to see the clear path towards what we're wanting because we're focused so much on what we're not wanting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I've traveled extensively and I find that the more closer to the second world, third world countries, they value so much about like community and family and because they don't have a lot of money. So they don't have a lot of things and stuff. And, and I'm sure that that brings on so many problems in itself, but it's like America or like these Western cultures that they, they value so much as stuff and things and houses and cars and all this. And, and I feel them to be the most unhappiest cultures. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they're the most unhappiest people. It's like, you know, we make more money than like, we're in the top 4% of the entire world. Like when you actually see like what you have to make per year to be like in the top 1%, 2%, 4%, like we're all making that, you know what I mean? And yet we feel so poor in a way. And that's because I feel like we feel poor within ourselves, which is what you're talking about. Because, yes. you know, I, I haven't had time to think about money. I've been so busy and, I, and it's just been kind of flowing in because I have not put any focus in it. It's just like, oh, would you like to do this campaign? Oh, would you like to do this brand deal or whatever? I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm like, great. It's just going to yeah. keep coming. And, you know, and I, and I think it's just because I'm not focusing on the lack thereof. Mm. And, you know, I, I want to manifest more this year, um, acting gigs that have to do with like the material that I want to do. So I said to my husband, I said, instead of just sitting here thinking about acting gigs that like on Amazon or, or Hulu, I'm going to go do some theater mm-hmm. because when I'm doing theater, I'm going to actually feel like I'm, I'm in it and I'm in flow and I'm manifesting, you know, creativity mm-hmm. that I feel like the universe will start to give me more of it. Like I got pretty little liars because I enrolled myself in an acting class and I was focusing on the acting class and we did Hamlet and I was playing Ophelia and then I got pretty little liars. I wasn't thinking about auditions, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of maybe the answer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I actually love that example because now when you go to the theater and you start practicing these roles and getting into character, building those feelings, you're actually satisfying the emotion that you were wanting to get Mm -hmm. from those roles anyways. Mm -hmm. And so now you actually are detached. It's neither here nor there, whether you get those roles, because you already feel so fulfilled and you, you fulfilled Mm -hmm. that need through theater. Mm -hmm. And then that thing is going to come chasing you because you're now an energetic match for it. It's Mm -hmm. natural. It's the law of the universe. As soon as you start acting like it and embodying it, well, then it comes and finds you. But if you're going to be continually focused on, oh, I never get roles like that. Um, I can never get a role like that, right? Then we're creating anxiety and insecurity and frustration. Mm -hmm. And those are not in alignment with what we're wanting. So Mm -hmm. I love this idea um, that you are just going to do theater and not care about whether the roles come in. And so it's almost the sick trick of the universe. That I know, every time we, I book a flight, I get a, I get a job yeah. every time I'm like, and pay for the flight. And it's like, you were going to Europe for a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. As soon as we, we let go and we stop caring, it right. immediately makes a beeline towards us. And it's this very ironic relationship because 
right? I've had tons of people who want to manifest relationships. And then as soon as they're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah, I'm just going to live my best single mm-hmm. life. I'm just going to mm-hmm. travel. You know what? This is actually an amazing time. I'm going to work on myself, right? It's like the eat, pray, love situation. Mm-hmm. As soon as you stop chasing it and just filling up your own cup and being the love that you wanted so badly, mm-hmm. well, now you're actually going to attract from an authentic place. Now you're not even going to be able to be manipulated by this person because you know who you are. You are mm-hmm. being who you are. But if you are still wanting love from someone else, then imagine how many times I'm going to bend over backwards to make this person happy, keep this person content, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, are they mad at me? Oh my gosh, do they think I'm, you know, doing enough? Like, dude, should I change? Should I do this, right? I'm not going to be confident. I'm going to feel insecure. And then that's actually not the manifestation that we were wanting. Mm-hmm. That's not what we wanted. We wanted to feel happy and confident and secure. Mm-hmm. Not this relationship that constantly makes me feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too. Um, cause Tamna and I have talked about this on the podcast with therapists, you know, like proud to say I see a therapist and you know, he helps me quite a bit, but he's lately really been encouraging me to journal. So like to journal mm. it out, right. To journal it out. And I, he encouraged me to do a vision board. I did a vision board, like at the beginning of the year, you know, with kind of like 2022, you know, visions that I, you know, I was kind of uh, striving for. So what are your thoughts on all of these tools, like vision boards, journals, listening to record, like subliminal recordings, like mm-hmm. all those kind of things to, to kind of age your manifestations? Yeah. So I've been asked a lot about vision boards and uh, I personally don't resonate with them because this is why Mm -hmm. um, me personally, when I'm making a vision board, I get really annoyed and stressed about making it perfect. I'm too much of a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So I'm not actually creating the emotions that are energetically matching my desires when I'm making the vision board. Mm -hmm. However, the vision board is for you if you're a visually motivated person and that process of actually gathering those words, pictures, whatever it is that you want to put on there, if that makes you feel excited, that makes you feel pulled, Mm. that makes you feel passionate, do it. But when I do the vision board, I just feel stressed out. I don't like the spacing of my materials. Like Mm -hmm. I just make it more difficult than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so for me, vision boarding doesn't work. And then with journaling, um, I love journaling because that's the number one way I'm going to figure out what's going on in here um, Mm -hmm. in my head. Because a lot of times before I've been able to write something down, this thought has changed and done gymnastics a million times. I don't even know what I'm thinking, right? Mm -hmm. That's why therapy is so helpful because we finally go in and we talk about it and we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't even know I was like thinking that until it kind of comes out. Right. So journaling is that sort of self-inquiry, that self-understanding what's going on up here. And so sometimes I have no idea what I'm going to write down. I just literally start moving the pen and then Mm. thoughts will come. And that's a great way for me to see, okay, what thoughts have been dominating my vibration today Um, and just be able to see and witness, okay, when I'm thinking this, then I feel like this. Mm. So how can I start changing that thought? And the first way is, is awareness. So I love journaling for that reason. But I think any of these techniques that we use if we use them and we're coming from a chasing energy as if journaling is going to help me get my manifestation, vision boarding is going to help me get my manifestation. Once again, we're saying that the manifestation isn't already here. So we're consistently strengthening the lack and the absence of it, which is only going to breed more absence. Mm -hmm. So how can we start employing these techniques and generating the positive emotion that we associate with the manifestation. So mm-hmm. can I start journaling as if I'm already there, mm-hmm. right? Can I journal about this experience that I'm so desperately wanting to have, but in the first person, as if I'm almost recalling a memory, right. mm-hmm. but it's a memory from the future. Mm-hmm. So 
all of these tools can be helpful. Helpful. I think it's just really important to tune into how do you feel when you're using them? And sometimes mm -hmm. I distort journaling as a technique as well. Like sometimes I'll make it too chore-like, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And then I'm yes. almost annoyed when I have to journal. And then I'm like, you know what? This is not the time to journal. So mm -hmm. I make sure to tune mm -hmm. in with myself. Am I feeling the positive emotions I want to generate through this activity? If not, not the one, maybe it's a walk today. You know, maybe, maybe it's a music day and all of those things are going to work for us on different days. And we're such dynamic beings, but we're obsessed with this routine. Mm -hmm. You know, the morning routine became so popular a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're trying to be very masculine in the way that we want to stick to the routine. I need mm -hmm. to do 30 minutes of meditation, you know, the tea mm -hmm. and then the 30 minutes of journaling. And then we get so fixated on making it be this way that we're not letting ourselves move naturally and tuning in with ourselves mm -hmm. you know we'd rather follow the routine than our own emotion and intuition mm -hmm. and so that's something really new to me um, I used to be a huge box checker mm -hmm. it was like okay um, when I get this done this done this done then I can feel good I was using it as a way to mm -hmm. measure myself um, permission to to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. It was like oh, only after I work out and only after I journal. Uh, and then I realized these are blocking me from my manifestations because it doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel this this bad when I have a manifestation. So mm -hmm. I know that my manifestation wants me to feel good. So what will feel good for me today? And all of these activities, techniques can feel good, but it just depends on what energy you're bringing to them. So for me, vision boarding, too much stress. Mm -hmm. I just... But you know what? People do vision board parties and they make it really mm -hmm. fun and they get around the right people. And I think that is the right energy, right? Just mm -hmm. being with the people that you love and just getting excited about what you're going to create. Mm -hmm. um, but I just get artistically challenged. So I don't like the vision board <laughs> option. Um, it doesn't match the energy of my desire. So I don't try to do it, but I, I do love to journal. I know we don't have you for too much longer, but there's three subjects I want to talk about, <laughs> but maybe awesome. Roxy can talk about these two, but the three things are um, like a lot of, we talk about a lot about vibrations and like, what is a vibration? And, and when you say, don't be around low vibration people, what does that mean? And how does that affect you? Mm -hmm. We can do these in parts. And the next is subliminals. Cause we talk about this, mm -hmm. Roxy and I do. And like, do you think subliminals are the right way to go? And then the third thing is like, how do you, um, like if you want a decision, like, should I have a third baby? How can you manifest the answer? <laughs> I know that's a lot to throw at you, but I know we don't have, and then Roxy can ask her three, but I'm like, I need to get this information before you leave. <laughs> okay. Um, vibration. So yeah, we, um, a lot of people are very confused about the word vibration. I would just substitute the word vibration with mood. Mm. Um, because different moods are essentially different vibrations. Notice that when we feel really happy, we feel really light. We almost feel like we want to start skipping right? Mm -hmm. um, that's a high vibration that at that mood, our cells are vibrating at a higher frequency. So we feel lighter, we feel more energetic, we almost want to jump up and down. Mm -hmm. So when I say I'm in a high vibe state really just means I'm feeling really happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. um, and then if I'm in low vibrational state, then I'm probably feeling shame, guilt, mm -hmm. um, anger, right? Some mixture or a blend of those emotions. And when I'm feeling those emotions, notice that I generally don't want to get off the couch. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to move. And that's why a lot of practitioners will say you should move your body. You should move mm -hmm. the energy, right? Because that is going to start to shake out the cells and create a bit more um, lightness within your body. Mm -hmm. um, so low vibe, low vibe, high vibe. These are just different ways of describing the scale of consciousness. You know, are we feeling happy or are we feeling low? Um, in terms of being around low vibe people. So 
definitely we can feel the energy when we walk into a room, right? Mm -hmm. We can tell when there's good vibes Mm -hmm. within a room or within, or when we're like, oh, did someone just, you know, die? Like what's happening? Mm -hmm. Like it feels so bad, but notice that um, we're never actually responding to other people's vibrations. We're actually just responding to our own thoughts. It's always Mm -hmm. our thoughts that are creating our vibrations. So if I walk into a room that feels low vibe, I might think to myself, Ooh, I don't want to be in this room. And then I'm going to experience resistance. Um, if I walk into a room where there's a lot of really energetic people, I might be thinking this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm actually mm-hmm. feeling high vibe. And so we are the only ones who can determine our vibration at any given time. Um, of mm-hmm. course we can be empathetic, um, but it's not actually that someone can influence your vibe. It's that someone will usually influence what you were thinking about a situation. Mm-hmm. And then that will influence your vibe. And so notice that um, you and I can have completely different opinions about something, which is going to result in completely different attitudes about it, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been in an argument with someone who thinks something's a big deal versus not a big deal, right? We're like, oh, it's not a big deal. We're thinking about the same thing, but we have a different emotion around it because of the way we're thinking about it. So um, we... I don't believe that you will necessarily be in a low vibration when you're around people who are low vibe, unless you are letting that determine your low, unless you are letting that influence your thought process and now starting to give momentum to negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? We generally think like, oh, I don't want to be around these people. These people are so toxic. Um, Should I get these people out of my life? Those are actually the thoughts that are creating the vibration, Mm -hmm. not the people themselves. And then you mentioned subliminals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with subliminals, um, I don't feel that we have any way of confirming if those actually work. How would we know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you want to use them, fabulous. Um, but I have no idea of knowing if those are working because I'm just not consciously aware of mm-hmm. the process that I'm undergoing when I'm listening to them. So mm-hmm. I personally can't sleep when I'm listening to them. I've tried at night. Um, I think that once again, though, what is your intention behind using the subliminal? Are you using it because you're coming from a place of lack? You don't have enough money already. So now you want to use the subliminal to get you into a place where you will feel abundant. Or can you start feeling abundant already and then use a subliminal as a fun exercise, like mm-hmm. just something to try, right? We have to create some lightness around it. But if we put a lot of pressure on the subliminal to change us, I don't think that will happen because our subconscious motivation is going to be stronger than the subliminal itself. Mm -hmm. So how can we start feeling, okay, I want to try this and see if it works rather than I'm going to use the subliminal and I'm going to get into the right vibrational state, Mm -hmm. right? The subliminal is not going to force you into that state. Mm. Your conscious thought is going to be stronger. Mm. Nice. And um, what are three like kind of steps? Like what is a manifestation starter pack? for somebody Mm -hmm. who has never manifested before, because I think we've given them a lot of information today, a lot of wonderful information from you, but like for them just to like break it down in sort of three easy steps of like how to start manifesting today, like what to do. Yeah. So for, first of all, become aware of what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us are actually afraid to say what we want. Mm -hmm. Um, I get people on coaching calls all the time and I'm like, what is it that you're wanting to manifest? And they're like, well, it'd be nice if I could have this. I'm like, no, just say it. What Mm -hmm. is it that you want? And they're so terrified, right? Because there, there is a unconscious fear motivation behind going after this thing, which is stronger than their desire to actually create it. So Mm -hmm. what do we want? Um, Number two, what feeling am I believing I will have Mm -hmm. when I manifest this? So Mm -hmm. what am I believing will be different about my life? What Mm -hmm. am I believing I will get to feel 
when I get to this thing. Um, and so most of the time that's going to be happiness, security, confidence, freedom, um, calm even and relaxed. Um, and then your third step is how can I feel this now? Right. Because we're not going to the future. The future is coming to us. So how can I be the actual point of attraction for that reality to come into my present reality? How can I start feeling calm now? How can I start feeling happy now? And then bringing focus to something that actually makes you feel that way. And then why do you need the manifestation if you already have the feeling that you've been wanting so desperately from it? Then we get to practice the detachment piece that Tana was talking about. Now we're going to theater. Now we feel inspired and excited by acting just in general. Mm, And now the manifestation is coming. So we have to be clear on what we want. We have to identify the feeling that we're trying to get from the manifestation. Mm. And then we have to feel that feeling now. We cannot wait for that thing to come to grant us the feeling because what happens if we do that is now we've outsourced our feelings of positivity onto the thing. And now we're in a toxic relationship with it, right? Mm. If it changes form, if it shifts, now we are shifting with it instead of deciding how we want to feel and think in advance. And so I think those are my three steps. Mm. Um, last question is, how do you manifest an answer? Like, I don't know, I'm really stuck right now about having okay. a third child. Like it's me being my most vulnerable saying this right now. I will. Mm-hmm. I want one so badly, but then I don't know if it's the right decision. And I'm so stuck. Like I don't, I've done everything. I've done the meditation on it. Give me a sign. I don't know what to do. And it's such a big, it's such a big thing. Okay. You're going to love don't know this what because, to do. <laughs> yeah. You're going to love this because my very, very best friend did this for two years thinking about um, having another child. And um, we talked about it almost daily. And what we came down to was, um, if you are believing that there is a right decision, mm. you are always going to feel like you are about to make the wrong decision, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether you do or you don't, you're always going to feel like, well, is, is this right? And so you've created an impossible construct for you to answer. Um, the reality is, is there is no right decision. There is just what you want to do and then how the universe shifts around that. And so what's really important for you to discern is, you know, what are my reasons? What am I believing I'll get to think and feel when I do have a baby? What am I believing I will lose if I have this baby? And ultimately, what do I want my family life to look and feel like? Does that, can that only happen if I have a third baby? Mm. Right? Mm. So you're trying to manifest this right answer, but that's because you're still believing that there is a right answer, but there's no Tam in life with two children and Tam in life with three children that's being judged. I mean, there is one looks much more relaxing than the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you're, you're, you're creating this construct that one is more right than the other. Mm -hmm. And so then if you have the third child, well, then we're going to be wondering, should I not have? Right. And then Mm -hmm. if you don't, you're always going to be kicking yourself because, Oh, what if I had, Mm -hmm. and so we just have to decide that, you know, what we are currently creating, what we want to create is more desirable than what we're experiencing. And so Mm. what I'm curious, you know, what are you trying to experience with a third child that you can't currently experience? I don't, this is really maybe an odd thing to say, but I'm at a point in my life where I don't have that many more, I'm still in my thirties, but I know that my eggs at some point will be done. And my body is 
craving, like I don't feel like it's done creating life. And, and some people don't want to do that. And that's fine. Too. It's just like for my body, it doesn't feel done. Like I don't feel like I'm okay. This is it. Like now, now, now there, this, my body is not going to have another human. It doesn't feel like it's ready to procreate <laughs> like it wants yeah. another child like my body doesn't feel ready yet to close up the shop yeah and I don't really know if it's yeah. about another child like because I mean I, I do feel like three I, I think if I would be pregnant with a third I would know I'd be like this is it like I know my body wouldn't want to take it anymore and I don't I, I don't know if it's like a sign or if it's God or universe or whatever, or if it's the other child going even deeper, talking to me in some other dimension saying, I'm here. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'm like looking to be I see a pregnant woman and I feel like I'm ready for that. But then it comes with so many other things. It comes with relationships, you know, with your relationship with your husband. He's exhausted, too. He doesn't. I don't think, I think he's done. Um, he wants mm. to focus on his career as well. We have a very crazy life. We're always constantly moving. And is that good for a child? I mean, it's good and it's bad. It's got both to it. My child has been all over the world. Um, I'm just not know so, if I'm done. So there's a couple of things you said in there that I'm interested in diving into. So you had said, I feel like I'm not done, right? I feel like I'm ready. And so notice that feeling like you're not done or feeling like you're not ready, those actually aren't feelings. Those are thoughts. Thoughts, You are thinking that you're not done. You are thinking Mm -hmm. that you are not ready. And this is creating some doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also nervous about a reality in which we are going to feel negative feelings in the future. And so what you're nervous about feeling if you don't have the child is regret. And what you're nervous about feeling if you do have the child is also regret or overwhelm rather overwhelm or yeah yeah so you've created a scenario for yourself where both of these you're fearing (laughs) a feeling (laughs) you're fearing a feeling and what's really important to realize is that regardless of whether you have the child or not you will experience these feelings because you are a human there is not a single decision you can make that will absolve you of feeling regret or overwhelm you will feel those feelings anyways and so we have to love our reasons so much for either not having a child or having a child because we're going to feel overwhelmed and regret regardless of what we do or what we don't do, mm-hmm. right? But we are believing right now in a reality in which you're going to make one of these decisions and you will feel neither regret and no overwhelm. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. And which is better? Is it better to feel regret or is it better to feel overwhelmed? Now I think I'm going to have a third child. Oh my God, it's you. You've made it happen. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd rather feel overwhelmed than regret. Yeah. And right, Sam, but regret Sam, comes Sam from is a thought. Uni- Sam is a universal name. You can name. I know. Sam. <laughs> Boy or girl. <laughs> Maybe the middle name, Sam. Sam. Right. She's the one that did it. <laughs> but we don't, but it's important to realize that you don't have to feel regret mm-hmm. if you don't have the child. You can choose to think this is the intentional family I wanted to create. And I'm so happy with the life I've created. Why would we feel regret if we believe that, right? But if you believe that you're missing out on something by having this third child or not having this third child, I would ask yourself, why? Why do I believe I'm missing out on something? Am I believing that I can't live a full life with the two children that I have? Um, is it because I'm seeing examples of people who have three and their life seems so much better? No, right? it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse, probably. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, you, you are believing that there is one decision that is going to absolve you of all negative future feelings. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we can't actually get away from these. Um, and you're, you're more motivated by pain too than pleasure, which is why it's so hard for you to make this decision. You've made mm-hmm. both of them painful. And so this is why you're struggling. (laughs) Yeah, you made both of them really painful. So like, how can we start moving towards one of them with a lot more joy and possibility? What's actually going to feel good? Because right now, both of them are introducing some sort of pain into your life that you're trying to avoid. If you don't do it, ah, then we're going to feel regret. If we do do it, then it's overwhelmed. So we're going to just constantly stay on the fence of this decision until we can reconcile the fact that we're going to feel these feelings either way which feelings do I want to cultivate on purpose, regardless of the decision that I make? Brooks, any last questions before you have to go? How can you be a life coach? Like where yeah. we sign up? Yeah. Where can we find you? You tell us where we if can I bring you on you. set and like introduce you to all the pretty liars people. Can like, you, I'll still pay you, but can you still coach me? This is also so crazy. Cause I used to watch that show and um, I can't believe I'm talking to you like Jenna right now. Um, it's your sunglasses. <laughs> you need the sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> um, so you can find me right now um, on Instagram and TikTok at simplifying.sam um, waiting to launch my website in the next few weeks. Um, and I currently have a couple offerings. So I'm doing small group coaching. Um, right now we've got a program called massive manifestations, a 12 week coaching program. Mm -hmm. Uh, we go deep together. It's very intimate and vulnerable. I'm just eight people in that. And then, um, I have one-on-one coaching spots as well. So you can apply for both of those with the link in my bio or send me a DM if you have more questions, but, um, that's how to find me. Yay. Oh my gosh. I feel like we got so much good info today, Tam. I, know. I hope so. As I literally, yeah. as I was talking to you, I just got an offer on my email. So I was like, you manifested that for me. <laughs> Sam is, Sam is everything. Incredible. Yes. Yeah, so I was just like more, more Sam, more yes. offers, Sam more campaigns every week. <laughs> more campaigns. Thank you both so much. Um, yeah, I was you. pretty, I was pretty uh, so nervous much. throughout this. So, oh, I'm loving it. Sure. Oh my goodness. That I'm always nervous. So I think for like ever, no one else is nervous ever. But when you say that, I'm like, oh, I'm, I feel normal. Yeah. I, yes. I, I think I'm not normal, but now I'm thinking I am. So I feel good. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Thank <laughs> you for good. creating such an amazing environment for, for us to chat about all this. Amazing. And awesome. we will be out next week with this and we'll send you some assets and we'll share it too. Yeah. And thanks guys so much for listening. You can rate, subscribe and comment. Uh, yes. We are women on top official on Instagram and women on top podcast on Facebook. And we have a women on top group on clubhouse. And like she said, rate subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast we're manifesting app. that you do yes, even though you yes. can't manifest for anyone else <laughs> but we <Exactly>. are <laughs> and we're feeling right now how we would feel on tour we have the great feeling oh yes of we're how gonna, we would we feel are on tour, tour. We, well our yes. tour dates are going to be um just after summer so yes 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 we've manifested it and it's happening so it's happening. can't wait to see you guys there yeah. <laughs> live in person i am tamin sursock and i am roxy manning and we are <gasps> women, women. On. Go, Sam, go. Ta- 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 <laughs> <laughs>